Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. You knew that this is the chance that we take. So of course, but that I'd be bothered that yeah, I'd be bothered that you know if it didn't work, but I would overcome it and then you know become okay again. Okay. I feel like because you're female, you're more like you know what I'm saying. No. I guess you. I really can't. I mean, I know I'll be sad, but I don't know the level of where I would be because it it's, it didn't happen yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can give you an answer, but. I don't really know. I'm not in that position. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Boston Edition. Um, I guess I should just let you guys know now, there is not going to be a recap of next week's episode because next week's episode seems to be a special um, of former cast members talking about their predictions for Decision Day. I can't imagine why anybody would want to watch that. No shade. But, like, I definitely don't understand why anybody would want me to recap that. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with Married at First Sight. Um, Let's talk about the episode. You know, as our standard individuals meeting up with their friends and family to weigh their options, talk about their hopes and dreams and concerns and worries going into decision day. We're like five days left. I think we start off the episode five days before decision day. And the first real clip we see is actually of Michael by himself, very sweaty in his car, doing a diary cam, um, saying that, you know, he and Jasmina are just friends at this point, And that's not what he signed up for or what he wanted. But the only thing he can change at this point is him being his authentic self. Everything else needs to be worked out between them together. Then we move on to Mark and Lindsay. <laughs> Excuse me. According to Lindsay, she and Mark are doing really well. And I guess that must be true because this might be the first episode we've seen that hasn't um, been Lindsay or Mark individually in a diary cam talking about how things aren't going well between them. If she's saying it, I definitely believe it. Um, So what they decide to do, or what she decides to do rather, is um, shove a plate of chicken pasta in his uh, vicinity And when you're done with that, I got dessert. And what is that dessert? Um, It's a sperm test. Okay, we're going to check your swimmers. So Mark says, you know, a baby shock for him is kind of a ways down the road. But he is curious, curious, like the 70,000 cats that he owns and says that he's kind of he wants to know, like, you know, 
Can, can he keep up or not? Um, so then we get over to the bedroom. They both scoot on over to the bedroom, close the door, and we hear the most awkward, least sexy conversation I ever had the misfortune of being privy to. And Lindsay seems to think that, like, here's what I'm imagining, unfortunately, is that, like, Mark, you know, he takes down his basketball shorts and his tidy whities and they're just pooling up just you know pools of of uh, fabric down by his ankles and i'm sure he's got he wears one of those uh, socks that go up like to your mid-calf he seems like the type so he's like you know happy right and Lindsay's just staring at him she's staring at him she's got those blue um earrings in her ears and she's just looking at him and he's like, mm, you know, maybe I should like watch a video or something on my phone. She's like, what? You, you can't just use your wife. You can't just use your wife just staring at you like, no, girl. <laughs> no, maybe because he doesn't have a humiliation kink. Then the screen says a few moments later and we hear Lindsay telling Mark that maybe he needs to drink water because his sperm doesn't look so good. In a confessional, she says that Mark's sperm looks like (laughs) Elmer's, I'm gagging, Elmer's glue that had been uncapped for a week. I mean, could you die? Could you die? Gross. As they're waiting for the test, Mark says in a confessional, he's a little bit nervous because he spent his 20s as a 20, uh, like a, a juice head. Okay, just straight Boston, Boston have a juice head just roiding up protein boots. Okay, and he's worried about how all of that may have been affecting his fertility today. But turns out he's okay. All the sharks are in the ocean. They're swimming just fine. I've never seen Mark this happy in this entire series. He looked relaxed. He had a genuine smile. He didn't look like he was in a constant state of terror or bewilderment like he usually is. Thank God. Thank God for that. Finally, a moment where we can all take a breath. Okay. Moving on to Noi and Steve. Noi meets up with her friend, Supri. So she tells her, you know... Steve and I started off really strong with each other, but moving in and integrating our lives has been kind of rocky and like one week it'll be great. They're so in love. Can't believe how lucky they are. And then the next day, you know, next week, you know, he overcooked, he's got some like mushy noodles and everything's gone to shit. Right. Um, they both talk about how bizarre it was in their words that Steve was trying to act like noy wasn't contributing to the house as much as he was, but Noi says she's still feeling some type of way about that, but now she's learned to at least tell Steve a little bit more when he appreciates that he does stuff. Supri then asks Noi, um, Steve, does he have a job? What are we doing about that? What about Steve and his job? <laughs> and Noi says, you know, like it does seem like he's perfectly capable of getting one. So, we have had more conversations about that. And she's like, yeah, like he can get a job for sure. I trust that. But honestly, I feel like he, Steve is the kind of person who needs to focus on one task. So right now he's focused on our relationship. And then maybe when we get settled for with that, he can move on to the next thing. 
And Supri looks at her like, what? <laughs> Me too, girl. Noi goes on to say that she is a hustler and she can cook and clean and work, do all those things. And she really is wondering why Steve can't do that too. And then she says that things are kind of scary because, you know, she wonders if she and Steve have enough of a foundation to make it. Steve has his segment where he's supposed to be talking with his friend. (laughs) What happens is that we get a commercial for James Allen, James Allen, um, jewelers where, you know, the one of those websites where you can like make your own ring because apparently he wants to make one for Noi and he wants to use this as a sign of his commitment Blah, blah, blah. I mean, for those of you who have seen The Bachelor, like, you know this moment where, who's the jeweler that, that is always on The Bachelor? You, you know the one. The guy. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The guy. Um, he shows up and they're like, oh man, you know, like, I really love, really, I really love, and, you know, like, I'm, I'm gonna, this is the one, <laughs> these from the pick, the three that you just gave me, this is the one. So, this bullshit, <laughs> this bullshit about, like, wow, Noi really talked me, talked, Noi told me that she wanted a round setting, and a woman really likes a thin band, and she's really going to love these, uh, diamonds on the band, they're so nice and subtle. And I want to stay away from yellow, so I'm going to find Noi a more clear-toned, uh, lab-created diamond. So I'm going to find something in an F, F grade. Okay? Thank you. This is great. This is going to be a great sign of my commitment. Thank you to James Allen. I'm definitely buying this, and this is not going to be furnished by the show. Then the, the chick, that his friend, is like, you know, this really is a great sign of commitment because when men uh like invest something into a woman like that that's a it doesn't matter (laughs) she's talking about how it's a great sign of commitment that he is when a man invests in jewelry that it's a good sign for their relationship but the point is like you're not buying this steve so that really doesn't mean anything nothing at all anyway moving on to katina and elijah on Elijah Wan meets up with his former football coach, Coach Mack, to get some advice. He tells Coach Mack that Katina's looking to finish her associate's degree, and then she wants to get her nursing degree, so we're looking at, like, maybe three to five years of schooling left. And he ignored it at the beginning because he just wanted to get to know her, but then he starts talking about how 
when he graduated college, all he wanted to do was travel the world. And his last relationship was basically mirroring what's going on with Katina. Because this girl was also in school, and she thought she could do it all, and it didn't work, and it didn't align with him uh, traveling the world. And this man seems like he does not even leave a 10-mile radius of wherever in Boston he lives. But, like okay, he's acting like he's Mr. Well-Traveled who thinks that the L needs to be pronounced in salmon. Okay, okay. Um, so Mac is just like, you know, I, you you and Katina sound like you're not on the same page with each other, and you need to be, right? <laughs> that was basically it. He even says in a confessional, like, I don't want to hear any conversations about school because I already went through that. And like, I just don't want to do it. Why does his life view have to be imprinted on others? Like, I could be asking a lot of questions about Elijah Wan, but let's just focus on on this one at the message at hand for now, which is that he's saying, like, I did this, and therefore this should be the way it goes. Why does she was why doesn't she want the same things that I want? And therefore it's wrong. She's doing it wrong and it's going to be a hindrance on me and like I don't know how am I gonna be able to travel without her and you know, she did her life differently from me and so like I just don't know what to do about that. Like I don't know if I'm capable of handling that. Okay, well then leave. Then leave. Okay. And why don't you hook up with Rachel from last season from Houston who liked to travel so much. Okay. You guys sound like if that's all you want to do, that would be a great match. I, you know, and I wouldn't even do that to Rachel because it wouldn't be fair to her. She's been through enough, but you know, like when he didn't even bring up his, his desire to be uh, pussyfooting around the world until like two episodes ago. So I just don't think that this is like a big deal. It's a, he's making it a big deal because he wants to. Next, let's talk about Michael and Jasmina. So Michael meets up with his sisters. He's meeting up with, like, this is the first time he's been with this many sisters since he told them that he was going to be joining the show. And also one of his sisters was pregnant at that time. She's since had the baby, just beautiful, juicy little baby girl. So they're all sitting around talking. And Michael asks one of the sisters, Claire, what she thinks about the situation because she's been privy to the most of what's going on. And Claire says, you and Jasmina, I think you guys really want the same thing, but you guys are not giving it to each other because you're overthinking it. Um, and it, it's weird. Like, Michael says that since he and Claire last talked, the situation between he and Jasmina have, has improved. But then Michael says, you know, like, hey, I want my wife to be my best friend, but I don't want her to just be my best friend. And one of his sisters, Pam, says to production, it's uncomfortable for her because obviously they don't want Michael to like push anything physically to make Jasmina feel uncomfortable, but also he deserves to get what he wants out of a relationship too, which is absolutely correct. So Claire tells Michael that it might be time to protect himself and to like think about really what he wants and figure out what, whether or not this whole thing is worth it. But like based on what she can tell this relationship seems like it means a lot to Michael. So then we um, have, we see uh, Jasmina in conversation with her friend. I didn't catch his name, but he was giving. He was giving me everything. He was asking all the right questions, all the questions that I would want the answer to. So let's talk about it. 
So he asks her, has anything romantic developed? Anything physical? And she says, you know, I feel a lot more connected to Michael, but the feeling, those like romance, physical feelings haven't come yet. So then in a confessional, Jasmina says, even though she and Michael are in a good place, she's not confident enough about decision day at this point. So then when her friend asks her, like, what is holding you back from being intimate with Michael? Jasmina says there have been different times where she felt their connection get deeper, but then she didn't necessarily look at Michael any differently after that. So then her friend asks, like, okay, do you think that your vibe might change if Michael were a little bit more open and free about his physical contact with you? And she's like, yeah, but I kind of think like Michael might be in his head about the whole thing. And I also think that like, maybe he's being more overly respectful, like overcorrecting because he doesn't want to be disrespectful um, and make me uncomfortable. But like, he's pulling back too much, which I think is exactly what pastor Cal said. Like once you pull back too much and you're like, trying to be respectful and trying to keep that arm's length because you think that's what she wants. You're actually like putting yourself in the friend zone and Jasmina here she is saying the exact same thing. So then her friend asks if she is um, considered just pulling out all the stops, telling him how she really feels. And she's like, no, not until just now. I haven't considered that. And then she says, I'll try, but like, if I'm not feeling anything by decision day, then it's going to be a no for me, dog. So we're talking, they're like four or five days out of, out from decision day at this point, And it's okay. Well, it's going to be a no for me then, you know, <laughs> like w- this has been a problem. It's been a problem for several episodes. It's been a problem the entire time of your marriage with the exception of the wedding day. So Yeah, I mean, I I feel bad because I think this is a fixable problem. And his sisters were right. Like, they're both overthinking it. They're both being too nice. They're both being too hands-off with each other. And I I also kind of think that Jasmina keeps talking about this and makes me feel I've now turned a corner. And I think instead of thinking that she's not that into it. She keeps saying it because she wants him to do it. Like, I think she's trying to give him the pass without actually saying it because that's like too much for her. But I think the fact that she's being so open is a sign that he should take it. But I think it's doing the opposite, which is understandable. Like to me, if Jasmina was like, Oh, I really do like him as a friend, but I'm like really not feeling it. I don't think she would be so like transparent and forthright about it. I think it would be a much more uncomfortable thing for her to say. You know what I mean? So then after that, they take a salsa class with each other and then they, things go well. Michael like actually is loving it. He says that he's a good dancer. He's feeling the moment. They look really cute together. And then after that, they decide to sit down for a romantic dinner in a sweaty dance studio. It looks like Jasmina had some fish and chips lovely um and michael says to jasmina that when he first entered into the relationship he had an idea of what it took to be a husband but he's learned over this process to be like way more flexible and he says that he feels like he wasted a lot of time putting jasmina in a box and being too in his head and creating narratives which i thought was like really Good, because that man, remember, he was a bitter pill to swallow (laughs) for me in particular. Like, I just found him very 
ugh, kind of exhausting. So it's nice that he can, he's like most improved. I think we're going to give Michael most improved of the season. Like usually when the men start off bad, they get, they go from worse to worser, but Michael's really, really turned a corner in a way that I find refreshing. I did not think that I would find him endearing at all, and I do. And I really think he likes her. And I like that he's, like, embracing them, her. He's They're able to have a light and fun and funny relationship with each other. And I would really be sad. Like, I would actually be sad if they said no to each other, because I think there's a lot there and it just needs a little push, just a little push. So Jasmina tells Michael that she might be a little too honest and a little too raw sometimes, whereas Michael keeps things in. And so she asks him how he's feeling now. And Michael says, I have feelings for you, Jasmina. I know why we were matched, but because our relationship began the way it did, there are times where, like, the feelings aren't as intense as I would like for them to be. Then he asked Jasmina how she feels, and she says that she feels like everything they've been doing up to this point has been making them better, but as far as romantic feelings, she honestly doesn't feel them yet. And she's at a place where, like, she loves how much they can get along with each other. Excuse me. Um, and how goofy they could be, but she doesn't know if she's looking at this as just a friendship or if it can be more than that. In a confessional, Michael says that it's kind of heartbreaking because he was thinking that this date was going to push them into a romantic zone and it didn't. And I feel for him. I do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of people I don't really feel for, let's talk about <laughs> Mark and Lindsay. Um, so Mark meets up with his friend, John. I really liked John. I loved him. They apparently have a deep history with each other. John's married. So all the makings of a good friend to friend conversation. So Mark says, once again, life has just like peed right in his face. And I honestly, you guys, I'm not sure if he said that his grandmother or his mother, it seems like his mother has issues with her. It was his mom that his mom had to go to the hospital earlier that week. And in a confessional, Mark says that she's at a point now where she's not taking care of herself. She really would be in the best interest for her to move into a full-time care facility. We even see a short clip of Lindsay on the phone with his mom being like, yeah, like you really need help. You're depressed and you're in it. Um, and so he was cleaning out the apartment, getting it into shape because I guess she had not been taking care of it. Bags of trash, like on the floor, like he really cleaned the whole thing out. So then Mark tells John that these are the moments where he really likes Lindsay. Like these are the times where he needs support because Lindsay's really good. And that it's not just like, oh, I'm happy that anybody's there. He's specifically happy that Lindsay is there by his side. And then he says that while Lindsay definitely shows up at the times that are most important, when they have issues, it's so bad to the point where he doesn't even want her around. Like they go from one end of the pendulum to the other and he doesn't know which way is up with him. And then he's like, you know, every week it's like one or the other, one or the other. And I just don't know where it's like, it's not like one is like the good is weighing over the bad or vice versa. Then John tells Mark, 
I feel like things are going to settle down in your life. And once you guys are able to like <clears throat> get off the show, AKA get back to your real lives, things will settle for you guys. But then he also reminds Mark, but that, um, these are the situations that you need to be taking into account. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> these nitty gritty moments are the motor moments that really matter. And then John tells Mark not to judge the situation from the whole eight weeks that he needs to just judge Lindsay's recent behavior because that is going to show you where she's bit at in terms of like a progression in the relationship, which I actually thought was sort of a refreshing perspective that I had never thought like, don't think about the whole picture. Just think about where they've come since then. That's really positive. In a confessional, John says that he's known Mark a long time. Mark has had a, lo a hard time with transitions. And at the end of the day, he knows that Mark was looking to build a life with somebody. And he found it. So then Mark tells John that this is not a normal situation. And he's not had a moment away from Lindsay since they've gotten together, which is atypical and that he just feels like he needs that space to know if like absence makes a heart grow fonder or not but johnny tells mark that it would really be a waste if he went into decision day and was just like screw it you know like you'd just be throwing the whole thing away so then mark says in a confessional that he's waiting on certain things to arrive for Lindsay, and he's not sure if they will but he also doesn't specify what those things were so I don't know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> then Lindsay meets up with her friend, Kara. Kara with a C, just so we're clear. Um, she starts off by saying that Mark is an only child. He's super rigid. He doesn't adapt well to stress or change. So, you know, they're in love. <laughs> and Kara says, yeah, like, I, I saw him at the wedding. He was smiling a lot. Mm, he doesn't really seem like the guy for you. Like, he seems kind of like white bread. Like, boring. But also classic. <laughs> Kara's uh, Lindsay's work wife, by the way. So in a confessional, Lindsay says that Mark's ability to feel and his empathetic heart is a gift, but he's in a time of crisis right now. So she never really knows what she's going to get with Mark. And then Lindsay tells Kara that she wonders if this is what Mark is like usually, or if this is him just reacting to all the chaos that's been happening in his life since they've known each other. And then she says that she loves Mark and she thinks he's great, but he's really not giving her butterflies or sparks. 
Has she really said this? I mean, I know she's, like, complained about them not having sex, but this is different, right? Like, wanting to be physical with somebody and them not reciprocating is different than, like, I'm not giving, getting that feeling, that butterfly feeling. And I don't think we've ever heard Lindsay say that. So, (sighs) what are we fighting for, Lindsay? What are we fighting for? Because it doesn't seem like Mark is really that attracted to her either. Mm. Then Lindsay tells on herself and she says that she gets into moods where she's like, she can't do it or she's not sure what their day to day with Mark is going to be like. And then there are times where Mark is just like a little puppy, a wounded puppy. And she's just like, oh, and Kara's looking like we're Kara to Kara ESPing each other because you saying like there are moments where they're tough, but then the moments that really endear you are when he's like a wounded puppy. Like, ugh, that's not healthy. <laughs> but also like Kara couldn't say anything. It was just the face of like a, oh, I, everything in my body is saying no to what you just said, Lindsay. But like, I'm going to keep it cute because we're friends and also we're on television. But I would, if we weren't just know that I would be saying a lot of things. So Kara suggests to Lindsay that she just make a list, weigh the pros and cons. And Lindsay says, well, if I do, (laughs) Mark might not fare very well. And then she says, Mark is definitely going to be my first husband. I'm just not sure if he's going to be the only one. (laughs) Okay. So the two monsters of the season, Lindsay and Elijah on meetup, I've been hearing tell of them being friends and having like an offline friendship. We haven't really seen much of it on the show. Um, I do find that kind of interesting since they were the two that had the most issue with one another in the beginning. But Lindsay says that Elijah Wan is like somebody she would have kicked it with in high school and that they kind of see each other the same way. They look at things the same way. They express themselves the same way, which is like, I don't know. That might be grounds for a restraining order based on y'all's behavior, but okay. (laughs) An order of protection from you guys uh, fraternizing with each other. Okay. But actually I will say that like what they did say to each other was good. And I thought Lindsay, I appreciated her in this scene. So she tells Elijah on that she really likes when Mark gives her advice but and like he's really passionate but an issue that she has is that mark likes to have conversations with how he feels and about her specifically with everybody except her so he'll go over to michael and ask for advice or he'll say like you know workshop what he's gonna say to Lindsay, but then he doesn't ever end up saying that with her and it gets frustrating and i actually think that's completely fair like I would hate to be in a relationship and constantly hear about the state of my relationship through our mutual group of mutual friends. You know, like that would be frustrating if you never come to her about these things. Now, is that true? No, I feel like we've seen Mark say or attempt to say several things to Lindsay and it's just completely gone over her head, (laughs) but okay. Now, Elijah kind of throws it back in Lindsay and is like, I think Mark is workshopping these things because you have a tendency to like take one word that might be said wrong and blow it up to out of proportion. And then the whole conversation becomes 
about like that wrong thing instead of like the actual issue. And Lindsay actually is like, you know what? You're right. Because he did say something a wrong word the other day. And I like could not help myself, but correct him. Well, Lajuan says that his biggest issue with Katina is her lack of life experience and how he needs somebody to know, or he needs to know that she can cook and clean, blah, blah, blah. And when Lindsay says, she's always cooking for you, Elijahwan says, no, she's learning to cook. Is the end result you getting food in your stomach, you idiot? Yes or no? And answer it quickly. Like, what What do you, you think she's trying out things and they're just like throwing it out the window? Like, what do you mean? Are you eating or not? Yes. Okay, well, let's move on then. Then he tries to throw shade and he was like well you know i just feel like she should be doing stuff because she works from home and Lindsay's like yeah but i work from home and he's like no but she has a lot of free time well how would you know <laughs> how would you know unless you were there as well um so then Lindsay's like you know i kind of feel like you're similar to a friend of mine he really wanted a traditional relationship where the girl stayed at home and cooked and cleaned and did all that stuff and he's like no she can work I have no problem with that. And Lindsay's like, oh, so you want her to work and you want her to work. I'm like, thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for pointing this out to her. Like you're expecting a traditional fifties housewife and a working woman at the same time. Where do you fall in? And how do you expect her to do all of that? Like if that's the expectation, then bye loser. Bye. So Lindsay tells Elijah that he really needs to think about whether or not his desire to travel that much is really worth him throwing away a marriage and tells him, I think if you said no to Katina, you're going to end up regretting it, which is absolutely true. He shouldn't say no to her, but she should definitely say no to him. So speaking of Katina and Elijah they go on a date because he claims that he wants to enjoy his wife. He never calls her Katina. It's always my wife. He wants to enjoy his wife. I doubt that, but okay. So Katina says the last few weeks, a couple of weeks have flown by for her and she's really happy. And I doubt that too, girl. <laughs> so Elijah asks Katina if she has any lingering questions leading up to decision day. And then he takes a sip of his wine. And I thought, um, pause and rewind. Cause let me see what he's drinking out of. Oh, Elijah are you drinking straight out of the carafe that they give you that you're supposed to pour into the wine glass that's provided for you, sir? Yeah, you're just drinking straight out of that, you dumbass. See, this is the shit that makes my ass itch is he wants to talk about how she's not prepared and he's so past her. She doesn't have life experience, but who's drinking out of a carafe when they should when they should have been pouring it into their glass? Why are you drinking straight out of the canter, you weirdo? He's so stupid. Anyway, um, he asks Katina if she thinks that she'll be able to care for all of her responsibilities. And Katina says, yeah, like, I feel like if I wasn't capable of doing that, I wouldn't have signed up for this. I wouldn't have signed up to be a wife. Like, I, I know what I'm capable of. I'm capable of this. You don't have to tell me or even ask me if I'm capable. I get it. Thank you. I don't think he got what she was pick, putting down, but I appreciate her for like sticking up for herself and advocating for herself because usually she doesn't say shit. And that's not me putting the onus on her. It's him bo boiling or bowling over her any opportunity. 
he gets. But like, oh, it's just refreshing to see her even try to give it back to him. Ugh. So then she says being in a marriage is important to her. And he asks her why. <laughs> like, we, you guys are three days before decision day and you're asking her why it's important to, for her to be a wife? Or for her to be married? What a dumb question. Um, she says, you know, I mean, what else can she say? Like, I want to do life with somebody. Like, it, what other answer is there? I want, I want to have a partner. I want to have kids. I want to have a family. I want to have a husband. Uh, that's why, stupid. But then Elijah Wan is like, oh, so you feel like you can't have a life unless you're married? And she's like, no, obviously I can. But eventually I would like at some point for this to end in marriage. So in a confessional, Katina says that she's nervous about her future because she's now entered into this new world of being somebody's wife and having a husband. So if she's going to go back to being single again, she's going to have to start all over. It's okay. You know, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but like, it's all right. It's two months in the grand scheme of things. You're, you'll be fine, girl. Um, so then Elijah asks Katina if, you know, her, how her feelings are, if they're stronger, if they're more normal. And she says, well, I have strong feelings for you. And then he asks her again, why, why so? So she says, well, I have feelings for you because of the way that we vibe, the way that we get along. I actually think that your tough love is good for me, even though sometimes I'm like, oh, here he goes talking again. And then they laugh. Mm. <laughs> Usually I would say, if you like it, I love it, but I absolutely cannot say it in this instance. And So you're not going to hear me say it. Then they both talk about how much they like to laugh with each other, which I don't recall ever having seen. Um, but okay. And Elijah one says that he thinks that uh, Katina... He tells Katina that he feels like he's gone from a boy to a man and that he could not have done it without her. <laughs> like, it, I would not want to take even a lick of responsibility for the man that you are, Elijah Wan, even the one you had today. Even though I was talking about how we shouldn't judge people for who they are and, well, and, and just judge for, like, the progress that's been made. Well, this is the progress that's been made. And if you said you're responsible for this, I'd be like, oh, no. I would like to be removed from this situation. I don't say that. And actually, I would I would <laughs> uh, file a cease and desist. Please do not tell me. Um, defamation? Defamation of character. Because I do not want to be at all responsible for you. Then the cast goes to play flag football with each other, yada, yada, yada. I mean, the only thing that happens is that, like, Mark gets a charley horse in his ass. That was basically it. Lindsay refers to him as a heavy tree in the forest when he falls, writhing in pain. He seems fine. But then Lindsay's like, you know what? This is just another example of you not being hydrated, much like your glue sperm. <laughs> I hope you guys saw. She, he started talking for just a moment. He was holding this bottle of water, starting to talk. And then when, as soon as he finished his sentence, she tapped the water bottle like, oh, child, remember to drink your water. Oh, she treats him like a kid. Like, no wonder you're not feeling a spark for him. He's your son. <laughs> That's why, girl. Everybody gathers around after that. And, you know, they're talking about how they're all feeling during decision day. Nobody said anything. Everybody was just like, yeah, we're fine. You know, like, 
nothing, nothing to contribute. In a confessional, Jasmina says that she doesn't really feel secure in her marriage to Michael at this point, because if they don't figure things out, she does see them getting a divorce and that's scary to her. So then we get to like the final dates before decision day. Mark and Lindsay um, have one. Mark decides to surprise Lindsay with uh, a date over at his grandma's house. And he's fixed everything up. It's looked really nice and clean and stuff. And um, like I said, they did I say that they had sushi? And, you know, Mark is trying to give her props and say, you know, this has been really helpful this week. You've been there along my, by my side. You know, I really like this place, even though it's an older place, you really did a lot to zhuzh it up and it looks great. So Lindsay's like barely paying attention. She's just like looking around the space and it's like, yeah, I did go, do a good job. And then she's like, you know what? Just give me a week. If, if we make it after decision day, just give me a weekend and $500. And he's like, $500 budget for what? And then she points out everything, just like fucking RoboCop. Um, the linoleum floors, we need those taken out. The cabinetry also needs to be done. The drapes, ugly. Um, new paint, new this, new that, new lighting. Like, baby, do you think that you're going to be able to get new cabinets for $500 and all the other things? No, no. <laughs> you're not going to be able to pull up all that carpet and linoleum and get it fixed for $500. Like Lindsay, aren't you a businesswoman? That's silly. Anyway. Um, then they get into it about Mark is very intent on moving into his mom's apartment. He's feels at home there. He feels at home in his grandma's place. He wants to live amongst their things. It's giving Bates motel just a little bit. And Lindsay's trying to be like, yeah, I don't, we need a new life together. I don't want to live with your grandma's old cabinet. I don't like it. It's not my style. I don't want to live at your mom's house with your mom and grandma's things. I want us to have our own relationship and our own place with our own stuff in our life, which fair. Mark starts to get a little bit annoyed and is like, well, we'll just agree to disagree. And, you know, in a confessional, he says their day-to-day lives, their hobbies, their interests and stuff are just so different with each other that it's hard to know what to do with all of that break up with her break up with her then steve and noi have their last dinner before decision day and noi asks steve how he would feel about them not living together since she doesn't want to and if he feels like the marriage is going to regress after that or you know what are his feelings and he shrugs and is like you know i don't know he seems like he's being pretty open-minded about this like i think he's annoyed and ultimately this would not be the decision that he would make, but I think he's just like, well, you know, we'll just see what happens. I can't predict anything. Neither can you live and let live. Right. Noi says that she feels like she doesn't think things will change in terms of the bond and the love that they have for each other. But in a confessional, she says that she's just not comfortable moving in yet. And then she says that she still has some questions because she doesn't know the Steve that has had a job. And he just stares back at her. And then Steve asks her if she feels like any of the conversations that they've had with people that he's known, like, has anything people said about my track record and my career? Um, has that 
resonated with you? Does it make you feel better? And she's like, well, I don't doubt what they're saying, but I also haven't seen anything. I need action. And then Steve tries to, I mean, unfortunately, like, I think he's playing a little bit of the victim here. And it's like, you know, I just have a hard time with you being skeptical of me. And like, do you even know what a sales engineer is? She's like, no, I really don't. And this would be a conversation that we could have had that might make me feel better. And then he says, well, it just took me a lot. It took a lot for me to get that job. I was in that career for four years. And so really that should count for something. I didn't just get this job off the street or whatever, which felt a little like ick to me. Like, okay, so what are you saying? You didn't just like put in an application at like Arby's? Okay. A lot of people have careers in an office and, you know, I'm not doubting that like he has a very specialized career and education and he's working in a highfalutin uh, career field. I'm sure that all of that's true, but like you just saying I have a job and I had one for four years and that should count for something doesn't for me. And this is where he always misses me. Like I want to be on his side, but then these examples that he gives are not good. <laughs> They're not what you would call good. Cause a lot of people have jobs in specialized fields. And that's not like, I don't want to take away from them, but a lot of people do that. It's not like a ton of effort to get a career. You know what I mean? Like you guys know what I mean? Like generally speaking, a lot of people have careers. So it's not really that special that you found a job and you worked there for four years. Then Steve says that the issue for him is that he feels like she doesn't take what he says as significant. And then Noy says, the stakes are really high for me and I can only work with the information about you that I have. So in a confessional, she says, listen, I don't make like a ton of money, but I want to have three kids. I want us to live a comfortable life. And I need to know if there's security with Steve in the form of a savings account, in the form of a roof over our head. And I just don't want to relinquish that much control over my security. And I totally understand what she's saying. Like, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You're in a legal situation with this guy. You're wrapped up in each other in some respect financially. So 
Am I ready to put down on a house with a guy who doesn't have a job? Am I ready to have children with a guy who doesn't have a job? Am I ready to um, make financial decisions if I'm the only one who has the money to do it? Like, do I really want to hitch my wagon to a guy who I've not seen have a job? And your only response to me is like, have you heard through the grapevine? Hasn't that been enough for you? No, it's not. And I think that's okay for her to say, like, I'm nervous. Like, and for him to take it, be like, well, I take that personally. Like you don't trust me. I personally think it's a little bit unfair to Noi. Then we get to the final, final night before decision day. And I noticed that Elijah Wan and Katina were brushing their teeth, but the mirror looked quite dirty. And I just wondered, like, did Katina get in trouble for that? Did he say that, like, I think, is this going to come up on decision day? Like the night, our last night, you couldn't even think to clean the mirror as we were doing our tooth brushing ritual. Like, you can picture Elijah Wan saying that, right? Like, I just don't know if you're really prepared. Like, that was supposed to be a special night, and I'm looking at a dirty mirror? You're supposed to be my wife? You don't even know to clean the mirror? <laughs> like, this would be shit that he said. Ugh, I hate that I'm right. Anyway, Mark and Lindsay lay in bed together, and when she asked you, like, are you going to miss me? He goes, I think so. <laughs> You know damn well the answer to that is no, Mark. Come on. Then they start talking about, Mark starts talking about how having cats um, was probably a savior for their relationship. And it was kind of like having kids and, you know, it really helped them to bond a little bit. Lindsay says that she's going to miss his cat, Rocky, more than she'll miss him. And it's because they have like a mutual situation. She gives to him. He gives back. She pets him. He loves on her. It's instant gratification. She calls him. He comes. Like, there you go. It's a mutual exchange, and she's thrilled. And Mark's looking like, uh-huh. <laughs> he really, really, he cannot stand her. In a confessional, Mark says that he doesn't want to be with somebody that he argues with every week. So that he hopes that he can find the ability to make the best decision he can under these types of circumstances. And sir, you have less than 24 hours to do that. So how do we think that's going to go? Steve and Noy talk about how he's going to be missing Sushi, the dog, more than him. And Noy says that she's worried she's going to be like she might be holding back feelings and um, that that's a big concern going into decision day. So Steve kind of talks about the things that he would have changed if he could do it over. And this man's got jokes. First, he says, if I could do things over, one, I probably would have gotten a job. <laughs> Two, <laughs> I probably would have just eaten those damn noodles that you overcooked. Like I, <laughs> And she's like, you know what? It's funny now. It wouldn't have been, but it is funny now. Um, and then she asks what he would have changed about her and how she treated the experiment. And he says, I would have changed our communication because I feel like there are different expectations. Like when you ask something of me, there's the expectation that I'm like to be open and to be giving. But sometimes I feel like when I ask you something, I feel like you might snap at me. And then they get this, they got a flashback of her snapping, which was just like him saying that he wanted her to clean the toilet and her being like, I'm actually going to be working. So I feel like maybe you could just clean both toilets instead of us splitting up the duties. That was her snapping. Okay. Um, what happens after that? Oh, 
so Noi brings up a good point. She's like, you know what? Steve is still counting. Like he's still thinking of this as a transactional situation in which we're giving 50, 50 to each other. And I think that's a sign that he needs to trust me more. And I think she's right. And then she says, if we stay married and he continues to have these issues, I think it's going to be really hard for me. I don't like saying, I think that noise, right. And saying that I'm on her side are are two different things. Like I agree with her, but this isn't great. <laughs> it's not great. Um, so then Katina is getting packed up and she says that in the beginning, she was so focused on whether or not she was going to even like the person that she matched with that decision day kind of snuck up on her. And I want to say it was a glaring omission that we did not see her have a conversation with any one of her friends or family. Like we saw other people in this episode, because if anybody needs to get around some people and um, have some different opinions other than the one that's under her roof, it's Katina. Why, why did we not see that? Surely she had a conversation with somebody like Katina needs to talk to anybody else about than Elijah Wan because I, I just get scary movie vibes and I just get like, he's behind her just about to yeet her back into the, the house before he sets it on fire. And I just don't understand why we're not seeing more of Katina's side and her feelings on things. It just seems like, even for the past few episodes, we're not getting a whole lot of her opinion. And the only thing that could be good out of this is if Katina just, like my sister said, is has just been decided within her mind earlier to keep it cute and just like be play good wife and supportive wife and ha ha ha, we can kiki or whatever. And then she gets the decision day and just brrr, 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 lets a chopper spray all over him. Okay. That's the only way that this is going to be good. And if that's not what we get, I'm going to be very disappointed. And so I think I'm just going to be very disappointed. So then this idiot asks her, um, what she's going to do if she ends up single the next day. And she's like, you know what? I would be sad. I'd be really sad. And it would be like a process for me to have to work that out. And she asks Elijah on how he would feel. And he's like, well, you know, like, I, yeah, I'd be sad, but, you know, I have to remember that it's part of the process and, you know, it's just the chance that people take. And you could tell in Katina's face that she was, like, <laughs> so hurt that he would even say that. So he tries to clean it up. And then he's like, well, you know, like, I would overcome it. I'd be okay. And, you know, like, I just kind of feel like because you're female, like, you know what I mean? No. What do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, you know, like I would feel bad, but then I would just move on. Like I'd be totally fine. So Elijah Wan says, you know, I know that I would be sad, but like, I'm not there yet. It hasn't happened. So I don't know the level of sadness that I would be feeling. Like, I'm just not really sure. And so in a confessional, Katina starts crying and self-soothing by patting her head again. And the producer asks her how she would feel if she was divorced. And Katina says, you know, it's just scary because you put a lot of effort into getting to know somebody. So if it doesn't work out, it's kind of like a dream that fails. No, it's not. If you uh, ended this, it would be like waking up from a nightmare, girl. It, absolutely. I can guarantee you that. Then Elijah Wan tells Katina that no matter what happens tomorrow, he wants her to know that he truly cares for her. And he hopes that she chooses what's best for her because this decision is deeper than just saying I had a good time with you. 
And then he looked at her and says, Katina, I want you to be selfish because that's what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) True, true. So the episode ends with Jasmina. She's packing up to leave. And in a confessional, she says that the spark still is not there. So she's trying to decide if she just sees him as his friend or if there's more. Then Michael says... It's like, you feel really calm. Like, you seem like you're really mellow about this whole situation. She's like, no, I am now. Like, I am anxious. Probably when you see me on decision day, I will be feeling some type of way. Or maybe I will be calm. I don't know. Um, But then Michael tells production he's really nervous because this is the biggest decision he's ever made in his entire life. And not knowing how it's going to unfold is pretty anxiety-inducing. And he wonders if their answers are going to be the same. Are they going to be different? Jasmina tells Michael that when they first got back from their honeymoon, she felt like Michael couldn't wait for her to leave. Because remember, she took that, like, short break once they got into the uh, apartments. And Michael explains to her, like, well, it was a different situation. Because she's like, I feel like you're pretty nervous right now. And he says, well... The first time I knew that you were going to come back and we were going to start fresh. And so I was fine with you leaving. But now, I don't know. Is this going to be the end? Is it going to be the beginning? I have no idea. So, you know, he's like, I'm feeling some type of way. The, The rest of the episode was just like, you know, everybody in bed being like, Oh, I'm so nervous about decision day. I don't know what I'm going to do. I yeah, There's so much to think about. I don't think I'm going to get any sleep tonight. So, oh, Lord. I, yeah, I guess we're going to stretch this season thin, thin, thin by doing a alumni sports thing, guest prediction situation. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> So I'll be back with you guys in a couple weeks. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.